First things first, Glenn, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. Okay. Good. Um, well, you recently, uh, or it's, it's, it's been already a while, but you did the little big tour of Ireland. Yes. Was there something about Ireland you discovered on that tour that you didn't know before? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think every time you revisit your home or revisit the place you're from, you're finding new stuff and new things. Uh, that tour was an interesting one because I was straight off a tour in America. And uh, we went from playing sort of larger rooms to these small rooms, myself and Lisa O'Neill. And I guess in a way, your, ho your tribe, your home people, they, uh, it, you're always welcome back. You're always welcome to come and play gigs. And, you're, and at the same time, there's no real knowledge of where you've been or what you've been doing. So there's a kind of a, there is a comfort in going and playing these rooms in Ireland to people that, that, that might know your music, you know, not necessarily a little better, but more maybe in a different way than maybe an international audience does. It was, it was great. It was a really interesting tour. Are the shows then very different from uh, the bigger shows? They're different in so much as that they're less, um, uh, there's less formality and there's very little formality in the big ones anyway, but there's even less in, with an Irish crowd. There's, um, there's more familiarity. People, people, you can get into conversation with people uh, on the night and it can, the gig can kind of go in a different direction than you planned. In a way, when you play to your home crowd, there's a, there's a great exercise. You have to sort of let go a lot. You have to just sort of see where it takes you. Um, and whereas at a bigger concert, you get to steer it more yourself because people expect you to steer it. What's that intimacy or that connection with, it, with the others? Was that something you missed doing those bigger shows? Or did, uh, did you still uh, perform in bars? And it, no, it's not something I miss, but it is something that keeps you sharp. It is something that keeps you focused on what it is you do. Um, I think for, for artists who play big venues, uh, by the time they've reached a big venue, they're so happy to be there that they don't ever want to look back. <laughs> they don't ever want to go play a small room again. It's like as if you know you want to keep on climbing. Um, but I think as for, for a musician like me who plays songs on just the guitar mm. sometimes it's it's actually very important to go back to where you began uh, and 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 play small rooms or play on the street and sort of figure out do I, is this still do i still like this do i still mm. can i still do this you know if i can do it here i can do it anywhere and in a way going and playing in ireland was more of a challenge in many ways than playing bigger rooms and i imagine then that that now that you uh, now when you're writing songs, it's it's still just you and the guitar. That that's how you write. Yeah, that's how I write. Sometimes I write with a band, okay. where like maybe we're sound checking, and I'll have an idea, and then someone might do something, and it goes, "Oh, that's beautiful," and then that might inspire you to go dig a little deeper into an idea. But more or less, it's alone on a piano or a guitar. So when it came to uh, your upcoming upcoming record, uh, didn't he ramble? Yeah. Well, there's one very Irish song on there, yeah. which is uh, uh, McCormick's Wall. Yeah. Where, where did that come from? Uh, it was a song I, I, I wrote down as a poem first, and it came from an evening with a friend hanging out, and one of those great unexpected 
romantic evenings uh, of drinking and moving through the city and taking things in. And, uh, it, was a, it was a really great night. And so I wrote, I just wrote a, a piece, wrote some words about it the next day and then I was sitting at the piano and I, and I sort of fleshed it out and it became a song and uh, I, I liked it. I didn't think too much of it. When I was in recording the album, I played it. And then John Sheehan from the Dubliners, he came and joined me okay. uh, and played a little bit of violin on it. And so for me, that made it special. I mean, the song was nice, but it, it made it very special for me. So I put it on the record. Because you, you've talked about uh, some of your influ early influences being uh, Bob Dylan, Van Morris and mm. Larry Cohen. Mm. But I, I suppose that Irish element was always there, right? It, it had to be. It's part, of, it's part of the fabric of a lot of Irish musicians. It's something we grow up with in, in, in pubs. A lot of music is played, traditional music is played. And, and also, you know, uncles and aunts and sessions at home. And, you know, there was always somebody... Uh, singing a song, you know, uncles passing songs down, or, uh, or drunkles, as we sometimes call them, uh, passing songs down or learning songs from your grandfather and your mother. And so the traditional Irish music is always a big part of every gathering in Ireland. So when it came to the record, did you, um, because you say the McCormick's Wall was something that kind of ended up there by, by cha uh, chance. Yeah. So was there a concept of what you wanted to... to or, or an idea of what you wanted to do for this record? No, I, the, the only concept I really had was that I wanted all of the songs to be complete. Okay. I wanted the songs to, uh, I wanted songs that I could uh, read the lyric and know exactly what I meant. Yeah. And I also wanted songs that I could play on just the guitar alone or with a full band. So in a way, I, in a way that sounds like a simple task but it's actually quite difficult to to record an album of songs that you can definitely just play alone and um, and then also the lyrics came and i rewrote the lyrics and changed the lyrics and wrote new verses and took verses out and i've done that in the past but less so and this time i really i worked much more on the craft of of what i was saying um, sometimes i reversed the meaning a little bit sometimes i wrote a song and i changed it to the opposite intent um, and I found it. I found it to be much more craft than art at times. Because in the past, I would have trusted art more. You know, this idea of a flash that comes out of the sky, and you you go, "Whoa, whoa what is that?" And you get it, and and this beautiful idea is born. But then, if you don't really apply the front of your head and sit down and go, well, "What is it?" and you know, work on it and push it around and see what shape it makes, then sometimes the idea can just evaporate. Why this change in approach? Was there was it something that happened or? No, I think it's just uh, I think as you get older, uh, as I get older, um, I think when I turned forty, something changed in my writing. I became, I guess, a bit more. I guess I wanted to know a little bit more about what I was singing about. I wanted to be sure that what I was singing about was specific and. If I had a particular person in mind, I wanted to sing it to that person and I wanted the lyric to mean more in a pointed way. So I guess it's just about, I guess it's just going a little deeper. Whereas before I might have had an idea, I might have fleshed it out and I might have been happy with how the words all sounded and felt much more than what they meant. Mm. Sometimes it's, it's important to 
to, if you have a lyric, just to go with how it feels and not what it means. Uh, and so, and I can leave the song kind of vague and interesting. And what, what do you mean by this lyric? And that's good. I like that. But then also on this record, I wanted to be able to say, well, this is exactly what I mean by this lyric. This is what it means to me. So can I assume then that with every song, you know exactly the, each line where, yeah. where it comes from? Yeah. It, well, we probably don't have time to talk about all, all of them. So sure. um, is, is there one that sticks out for you? One that maybe gave you the most trouble writing it or... Uh, one that's very close to you. There was, there's one, uh, one or two. It's actually the, the the song "Didn't He Ramble," which is now not on the record, is the song that's given me the most trouble. Okay. Uh, and I eventually had to leave it off the record because I didn't feel like I quite nailed it. Uh, and it was a tough one to leave off because it was one that meant the most to me, to be honest. But it wasn't it wasn't exactly right, so I couldn't put it on. And when, sorry, when, when was this song written? Was it early on? No, this song was oh. written uh, in the last three months. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it broke my heart to leave it off, but I knew that I couldn't. I knew that if I couldn't sing it entirely, mm. then I couldn't use it. The song My Little Ruin was a song that I worked a lot on the lyrics to get them just right. Um, pretty much all the songs, but I remember that song really sitting for a week and just every day going back to it and trying bits out and bringing bits in and until I eventually got something where I was like, yes, now it begins to take shape. What, what was the initial spark of that song? A friend. Uh, on this record, a lot of the songs are about my friends, okay. which is interesting. Uh, usually, not usually, but in, historically, it's been usually about a girl. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm... And, I'm happy to say in that department, things are okay uh, for the first time in my writing history. So it, with Ruin, it was about a friend who's really, really talented, uh, but just keeps on blowing it, you know, mm. keeps on creating chaos and almost is afraid of judgment. And so therefore is constantly hiding behind alcohol or drugs and not just doing the work and, and in a way Myself and my friend would be quite different in that I go and I work a lot. Uh, he, we, he he has a he has a joke. He says he says you're the you're the practice and I'm the theory, which is interesting, you know, because he can only really be the theory because he doesn't go and ever play, and so so therefore he might be a genius. He might he might not be, but he he hasn't been judged. Has he heard the song? Yeah. What did he think? I haven't told him it was about him. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. How do you connect to it emotionally um, now when you play it live? Is it, is it the same as when you wrote it? Yeah, you go back. You go back to where you were. I think uh, naturally. I don't think you have to sort of put your head in a space. And but I think when you sing certain lyrics, you remember where you were when you wrote them, and you remember the mood you were in when you changed that lyric to that one. And it's a it's a bit like playing a film back in your head. You can go back to the place, you know, and 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 feel. Uh, And also, of course, these songs are also written partly about oneself. I mean, mm. myself also, because they have to be. You have to, you know, they don't, they don't always just contain one character and one meaning. They sometimes get a little vague, but that's good because it broadens mm. the net a little bit in terms of what the song is saying. Um, so I find that necessary. I find it necessary not to be too specific because then I'd go into private language. Right. If it was really specific, I'd be using terminology 
that me and my friend only use and it would it would close the door for anyone else to understand so it's important to leave it broad enough to be understood and yet private enough to be heard is there a song then on the record that gave you a, a new understanding of something or, or uh, i mean the, uh, i i think i think writing songs every time you finish a song every time you say that song is done you've really learned a lot about how things because because starting songs is the easy is the easy part mm. it's easy to sort of get a chord and maybe one line and but it's finishing a song and saying now i've i've said what i need to say it's wrapped up it's done that's when you re realize how much you've learned in the process and i think it's very important to finish songs even if they're not good songs sometimes it's important just to finish it as an exercise as an intellectual exercise to say okay so this song has been a little ghost in my head for the last three years and every so often the melody just comes through my head and that line that I wrote so I'm gonna today I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna finish it I'm not feeling inspired I'm not feeling uh, charged up but I'm gonna sit down and as an exercise in using my brain I'm gonna try to finish that song has, has it in that way well you kind of touched upon it earlier but has it been more of a uh, of a labor to, to, to finish this this album More There's definitely been more, more sweat than there has in the past, yeah. Um, and, but I don't think it's because inspiration has disappeared. I think it's more because I've become more specific about what it is I'm trying to get at. Right. You know, uh, I think so. Okay. And um, well, you, you mentioned uh, didn't he ramble the song and it didn't end up on the record. But was was the reason because you say it was very close to you? Is is that the reason why it ended up as the title? Yes. Yeah, I wanted the song to make the record and and it didn't. And it, I'm sure I'll find a way to put it out later. Maybe I'll fix a few little a few little lines in it. Uh, but the song meant a lot to me, so I called the album Didn't He Ramble, which I think also kind of describes the 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 life of the musician and the the songwriter, the troubadour, if you like, uh, because although it's a wonderful and glamorous life and it is and it's the best job in the world and I love it and I feel very blessed there are sacrifices one makes to, to do it mm -hmm. and those are friends and family uh, lovers uh, it's important to uh, it's important to, to, to be in relationships where they understand that your, your work comes first yeah. has your uh, idea of this changed over the years say when you started out with the frames and, and, and up to now yeah yes and no I mean when I when I was 20 years old I guess I probably still I probably hoped that when I was 45 I'd still be doing it yeah. you know I guess I hoped and I guess I probably more than hoped I guess I intended that I would still be doing it at 45 uh, and at 45 I would hope to still be doing it at 60 but You know, who knows? It's uh, it's not that long away. Hmm. And yeah. well, you mentioned it, it was important to you that that all of these songs that you could play them by yourself. Mm -hmm. Yet um, they are very fleshed out. There, <coughs> they um, there there are a lot of horns uh, mm -hmm. in the songs. There's a choir. Um, so, what made you go for 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 a full sound? Textures. I love I love to listen to textures. I did record a few songs solo, and I like them, but. Uh, It's very, uh, it's very tempting and very enjoyable mm. to add 
colors and textures to a, to a melody. Um, and maybe, maybe next time, maybe, maybe next time, maybe in a few records from now, I'll make a record with just a guitar and me. Um, but I felt these songs, I felt that these songs deserved just that little bit of almost cinematic kind of background, you know. Did you play, uh, did the people that played on this record, were they the same as your previous solo record? Uh, some of them. Basically the same band. Brad Albetta on bass, Thomas Bartlett on piano and keyboards, Rob Moose on violin. But then of course the Frames guys are also on there and then the horns that, I, that I've been working with on tour for the last couple of years, those guys are on there. They brought a lot to it also. And then there's a few other musicians that I that I'd never met before who've come and gone, uh, which are, which are wonderful to work with. It's very important in the studio environment to challenge yourself and to 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 work with people that you're maybe a little bit intimidated by because they might bring something to your song that you never thought of, and it's fascinating. Is it a thing of of taking yourself out of your comfort zone? Yeah, because when you're out of your comfort zone. Mag some magic stuff can happen and then it can be a disaster but uh, hopefully more often than not good stuff can come from it if, if you think back of the recording process was there one magical moment uh, for you that you didn't see coming Grace Beneath the Pines which is the first song uh, I originally wrote that song fast I wrote it on guitar like there'll be no more running around for me like a kind of almost like a Almost like a bebop, sort of like a, a, a rock, you know, more of a rock, rock and roll song. And then I didn't like it. It didn't fit right. It didn't feel. And then I tried it with just piano, and that felt much more in the area I wanted to be because I wanted it to feel. I kind of wanted it to feel more prayer-like mm. rather than soulful, because it's kind of a soulful lyric, you know. Uh, and then. Then I thought, okay, maybe just drone. Or maybe I just want one note. Just going, and then so Rob played the violins, and it just and it was a fascinating. It really surprised me how it felt. Then suddenly, quite spiritual or quite you know suspended, and so I enjoyed that. And then the horns played that beautiful line at the end, and I was very surprised and moved by what they by what those guys brought to it. Well, you've mentioned how this uh, time you were quite deliberate with, with the lyrics. Mm. And there's a, a reference to a poem by Robert Frost in, in the lyrics. So what uh, made him... Uh, what line? Uh, wrote Less Travel. Oh, that's, is that a Robert Frost line? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I believe mm. so. I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. Then, uh, I thought it was quite deliberate. No, it wasn't, no. Um, although, you know what, maybe subconsciously, I knew it as a as a as a poetic line because I it uh, grace upon the road less traveled it was would have been a line that just would have come and I would have thought that feels right I'm going to keep that line but I, I never thought about it as a direct reference to Robert Frost sorry Robert <laughs> okay well because from that song I wrote two lines down and it is also um, grace beneath the judge's gavel mm. and then so so I wondered what where that came from. Well, it comes from the idea of, of, of having some, some quiet when, when you're being judged by yourself, mm -hmm. being judged by others, being judged by the press or, you know, uh, 
it's um, this idea of I'll try to hold my own. It's about trying to own your own self, about trying to trying to stop uh, trying to be liked. You know, it's a, and it's so so the, the term grace is not about being. It's not about showing like, you know, uh, being pious. It's more like. It's more like this is your game. I don't want any part of it. I'm not doing this. I'm not running around for you anymore. I'm not playing the monkey. I'm not going to try to win your affection anymore. I'm going to be who I am. And I'm, you know, now, and now you've shown some, and it's more like now that I've been given from some higher place right. a sense of quiet in all of these situations. But I, I suppose as a public figure in a way, um, this can be quite difficult. Yeah, that's exactly why it needs to be written, because it is quite difficult, you know. And I think most people who get into get interested in playing music, for a lot of people, maybe it's just an intellectual act and it's stimulating and it's interesting. But for, I think for singers, it might be somewhat, maybe more common that for singers, there's something lacking in their lives to begin with that they need applause mm. as part of their uh, um, uh, part of the makeup of their sense of self right you know and it's 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 it can be very nourishing but it's also very dangerous because you you, uh, you learn to want it more and more uh, and sometimes to the to the detriment of your own personal relationships you know it's a, it's an interesting idea that you leave home to travel and do your music it, i guess the question needs to be asked why do you make music mm. do you make music so that you'll be liked Or do you make music because music is something that actually truly is your expression? And maybe at some point in the last few years, I guess I've been asking that question in the background. You know, what has your answer been? Uh, both. <laughs> It has to be the honest answer. Has to be both because one would like uh, my answer would like I'd like to say I do it for the love of the. Uh, of music and of the craft of music and and of course I do um but um it is a tricky line it's it's who do you trust to approve of you who do you trust to say you are okay you are good you are who who gets to who gets to um fill that hole for me And it has to be me, because if it's not me, then it's a, it's a, then I become a feather in the wind, and whatever way the wind is blowing, I get caught up in it, and it's not personal. Mm. You know, you become a, the victim of 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 just nature, because nature destroys, and then nature blooms again, and it destroys and blooms again, and you know, and so these things ebb and flow, and it's important to look at your career and look at your life and go, there'll be times of decay and there'll be times of bloom, you know. Mm. And, you know, and there is something, there is something slightly odd and a little bit suspect about a man leading his family to travel the world, singing his song to strangers. Something interesting about that. And, and at the same time, it's his work. And uh, I've been questioning that a lot. So Grace Beneath the Pines really goes to that question it doesn't have an answer okay. but it goes to the question right. and that's all our song or any 
piece of art, I guess, can only really hope to aspire to be, which is just a question. And I was at a festival in Austria. It was an acoustic festival. And uh, I just didn't like the festival. And I went away from it. And I was to play last. And it was a kind of an awful situation. And everyone was drunk. And I was playing solo. So I was a little bit freaked out. And I went up and I, and I went into a little forest behind the festival. And I just lay, lay there and wrote these lines down. So Grace Beneath the Pines was just a kind of a, it was me lying under these trees and sort of, uh, you know, trying to find quiet in myself so that when I went out onto that stage, I knew who I was, you know. How did the gig go? It went well. It went a lot better than I thought it would go. It didn't go great, okay. as um, I didn't expect it to. Fair enough. Um, finally, then we have to mention the frames. Uh, you're releasing, an, uh, well, it's not a best of album. It's, it's a selection of yeah. songs that meant the most to you along the way. Yeah. One thing I've noticed is that there's no songs from the from the debut records. Yeah. So what does that tell you about the, the debut record? Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, I mean, it was it was a flawed record. It, it didn't. I don't think any of us were particularly proud. Okay. Of it, I'm glad we made it, and I'm glad that those songs had a life. But no, it was a confusing time. That was a that was a that that record was um it was a it was very young men making uh, what they thought was if I if I'd have gone ahead and made the record that Ireland had signed me to make. It would have been a folk record, okay. but then I just at that just at that particular juncture I became uh, influenced by other things, okay. uh, Pixies, um, mm. REM, and suddenly I'd, I'd found all these new bands, and I guess I got very excited and started writing songs that I felt were were kind of in that genre, and uh, so the record ended up being very confused. But I'm glad I did it, and it was a great lesson. And uh, well, the the record is called uh, Longitude, and. It's, it's being released uh, to celebrate 25 years of the frame. Um, yeah, what, what, what does it do to you that, that the band has existed for so long? And then, do, 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 well, you mentioned you weren't particularly pl- uh, proud of the first record, but um, do you ever listen back to, to some of the work? Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, I, li- I had to listen back to, to, to make this compilation. I listened back. Mm. And... Uh, I'm very surprised and very pleased and uh, very proud of the music The Frames has made. It's been a really good band. It's been, it's been good for me to have some distance because only through distance can you ever see what you've done. Uh, and I really like the band. I think the band's really good. Uh, that first record is, is, not a, is not a terrible record. It's just a, it's a flawed record. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's different. But... Um, um, I'm very proud of what what the frames achieved. There was definitely moments of real magic, and yeah. um, uh, and there was moments there was moments that didn't work, you know, like every band, uh, where it felt forced or it felt like we were trying to push a square into a round hole, and then moments where it just was so free and flowed. And um, I'm very proud of it. And we're playing some concerts, and I'm yeah. very I'm very much looking forward to to playing those songs again because it's been a long time. I believe there, there's one uh, new song on on this record. Yeah, but are there plans to to record and write with the frames? 
in the in the future? No, there's no plans. That doesn't mean it won't happen. Okay. Um, I think, I think, I think we need to sit down as a band in a room and make music with no agenda. And that I'm excited about. If we make music with no agenda, with no album on the horizon, with no tour booked, if we give ourselves the time, the, the issue that I've had most in the last few years is time. Mm. There's, there's a lot of touring and there's, there's, I, made a, I made my second solo record, so I have to honor that. I have to go and follow where that leads me. But when a time arrives where we can sit in a room and we can just play, I'll be very excited about just doing that because we make a good sound together. Mm. And if that warrants, if what the result of that sitting, playing together, making music, maybe maybe rent a house for a week and just go sit in a house and make, make food and play some music and talk. And mm. Music is really born out of an intimacy. You know, that's really where the best music comes from. And, and the best frames music came from periods of time where we spent living together. Right. Uh, and I think if we were to try do that now, it would be it would be fruitful no matter what. Mm. But whether the fruit was worthy of going and recording, we'd have to wait and see. I I don't know. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Nice, nice, nice questions. Thanks.